Ephesians, I think it's chapter 2, where it talks about where the workmanship of God mm-hmm. and what the, the term they use for workmanship there mm-hmm. is like poetry or art. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you know, like God is in the carpentry shop making this tool, but he's actually working on a piece of art, on a work of art, on a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And that is you, that is, a, that is me. You know, that's, that's how we're represented as you know, uh, as, as workmanship, as, as God's creative process. Yeah. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Capture the Thought. I'd like to start by thanking you all for listening and supporting. It is much appreciated. As we continue with the theme of knowing your identity, knowing your purpose, today we're joined by Musekiwa Samuel, who's into business development and strategy, and who is the consummate storyteller. He has developed stories for different media. He is also an author, and I've actually had the pleasure of reading some of his books. Welcome, Seki, to the show. We are Thank very you. excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure, definitely. <laughs> so we know that you're always up to something. So what has been keeping you busy lately? Um, interesting question. So I've been trying to, of course, I've been working on a, a series called Azania Rises. It's an animation project, so that's been on the boil for the last few months, mm-hmm. um, probably last three. Uh, but in between that, I've been trying to write my own, so like my next book. Um, Exciting. So that's, yeah, that's been slow, but it's been good, uh, making good progress, actually, working out what the book is about. Um, so it's called Contrarian Shifts. Um, Ooh, that's on, yeah, <laughs> premised on Romans 12, eh? uh, Romans 12, uh, you know, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 uh, through to 2. You know, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind. So the whole idea of conformity versus transformation, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. We can't wait for that book <laughs> to come out. Yeah. Best believe I'll be the first person to buy it. Oh, uh, you better. <laughs> I will be. <laughs> So tell us more more about yourself and your background, yeah. um, about your relationship with God, about you know how that has developed over the years. Cool. So uh, I was born into a family of five children. I'm the last born. Um, I always say I'm I'm the child of the old age. So like my mom was like 39, I think, when she had me. So I was born into a family of five, generally a Christian family, even my dad at some point. Uh, I think he grappled with his faith and racism at some point, but, you know, hopefully he worked it out. Uh, I guess not necessarily that he worked it out, but God worked in him or worked it out in him. Um, Got born again in my teens, (laughs) so that's a long time ago. but really it was a result, at the time, I, I think what was most fascinating when I look back is how, uh, having lost my dad, how God replaced, you know, and, and came in to cover that gap. Mm-hmm. So I got born again, and you know, I heard years later about this thing called the Father Heart of God, but uh, I, I remember saying to one of our leaders that I've been going through it most of my Christian walk because wow. God needed to fill that gap. Otherwise, I would have gone crazy. So, um, because I had to grapple with the loss uh, of my dad, I had to grieve, and I didn't know how to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in that process, I also discovered that I enjoyed writing. 
uh, and I started with poetry, which was more of a cathartic process where I used poetry as a as a means to heal and express a feeling um, and also to uncover inspiration. So, yeah, I've been a Christian for a while and I think just the journey has been, I think what I like thinking about when I think of my Christian faith is how Jesus, how the revelation of Jesus is changing for me wow. every time. So it's not necessarily that I'm, you know, sometimes people say, are you growing? And I think to myself, I don't know if I can measure that. But what I can appreciate is that I have a growing view of Christ. And so that, for me, makes the difference. Like if someone says my prayer life has gone up 100%, like I don't know. But what I do know is that I, I get a clearer uh, revelation and appreciation of Christ, which is so good to have that. Uh, I treasure that more. Yeah. That's a very beautiful thing, mm. and the fact that you were able to recognize God as your father from mm. such a young age. A lot of people who don't grow up with their father struggle with that, yeah. and it's, it's beautiful to hear that it just came into, I mean, I'm sure it must have been a process, but yeah. but yeah. that's how you view him. So um, can you tell me how God has been revealing his purpose to you and you know, allowing you to work through it? So interesting question. Now, I think I had a, a good conversation with Kevin. People don't know Kevin, but uh, I, I think you know Kevin. So we had a good conversation around discovering purpose and then living it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think he started speaking to me years ago um, in my twenties. He just started sharing stuff. He even gave me I have a scripture and uh, a clear vision as to what he would want me to to do and. For a number of years, I went out trying to fulfill it, mm-hmm. um, and in those in those years, I learned the hard way the importance of receiving revelation, uh, incubating it and processing it, and then letting it unravel and unfold naturally. Wow. So it's not often the case that you just go out and you do it, but you grow. In many respects, you grow into it. it uh, there's a quote I I say something in in my book. Um, how to own your car, that purpose is not necessarily something that you discover, but it's something that you walk in. So your daily journey sort of translates to some form of purpose. Mm-hmm. So you can discover it, but more than anything, it's really walking out the journey. And so God's uh, help has been to mature me, to actually help me realize that it's a progressive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's one that you walk through in obedience. Mm-hmm. Even though you sometimes end up walking through the valley of the shadow of death by choice, um, his rod and his staff, they bring you comfort. So I, I have had valley moments, dark moments, where you feel like you're on a tangent. Mm-hmm. But in those moments, again, just the reality of Psalm 23 is so helpful, where it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Um, thy rod and thy staff, or your rod and your staff, uh, they bring me comfort. Yeah. 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 That's good. Mm. Um, and you mentioned dark moments. Um, mm. Could you possibly give us an example of some? I know as a creative, um, people face, well, creators generally face self-doubt mm. and all of that. And, you know, just managing to build a career in itself in the creative yeah. arts is quite difficult. Yeah. I mean, those are some of the challenges that I know. And has this been the same for you? Definitely. I mean, I've, I've moments like where I had a film project and we had raised... We needed to raise a lot of money 
And at the time, I, I, we only raised a portion of it. And so that project died a painful death. You know, and my, my pursuit of film, that was around 2010, my pursuit of uh, a filmmaking career sort of died, had a, you know, sort of died with that project at some point, you know, and gradually started coming back, or God started reviving things. But I think that project, when I think of Cup of Glory, I think of my, one of my highest and lowest points at the same time, where I had a project that had international appeal, uh, but I couldn't raise sufficient funding. Uh, I only raised about 25%, and then I lost that 25%, you know, that funding. Um, and I remember then, uh, this is the weird thing with God, is then uh, someone had been encouraging me to leave Zim. So the, like for the last four years, the four, four years prior, there was just this constant encouragement that, look, if you really want to pursue your career and your talent, uh, you can't do it in Zim. And then he proved his point when that funding died, when I lost that funding because I was based in Zim. Mm -hmm. so, so he proved his point, and I remember uh, calling him and saying, hey, look, I need your help. And he's like, well, look, I told you, uh, I could have facilitated your, your departure from Zim, um, but you felt you needed with Zim, and I felt God wanted me in Zim at the time. So giving up a project and seeing it die uh, was really a dark moment because then I kept questioning God that, look, you called me back here, I'm here now, um, and my career is dying, and then it died, uh, and you're like, look, dude, you haven't, you know, uh, you haven't really given me what I asked for, um, and so that was quite a dark moment, it took me a, a number of years to recover from that, oh. yeah, yeah. It took me quite a while to get back, you know, I, I know there were guys who had a, a few projects they wanted me to write in, and uh, I wasn't so keen to start with because I was like, listen, I've been here before. Um, I've been disappointed before, um, like really disappointed. So I don't think I'm ready to come back. But gradually I've been coming back. Mm -hmm. And as you know, now uh, I'm working on an animation project. So that's that's interesting. That's almost like I'll say to someone, it's coming, it feels like coming full circle. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I understand that time was a factor yeah. in you, you know, getting over that disappointment. Mm -hmm. um, was there anything else? I know lots of people face disappointment, and it's really hard to yeah. believe that God <laughs> is for you in those moments. Yeah. Um, how did you do it? Was it, I mean, besides the fact that you it took you some time off, I mean, was there anything else that yeah. helped you get over that? Yeah, very good question. So, so, so yes. Uh, on one hand, it's 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 God's word to me, mm -hmm. uh, where <clears throat> and this is the hardest thing in life actually submitting to a, a promise mm -hmm. where you don't actually have a a clear date that you know like clarity on when it's going to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So I think at the time God then just said, "Listen, you'll do this stuff again, um, but with no date," you know, uh, and I was like, "Cool." And so that was one other factor that contributed to the healing process was, listen, I still, I, I'm still submitted to God. I still live uh, in his, under his cover uh, or under his wing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm fine. And, and then the other thing was uh, my writing expression evolved. I started writing books. Uh, so at the time I started, I think then I was writing a book called The God Idea. And so God started unraveling certain ideas from the Bible 
And so maybe it was a good distraction <laughs> from 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 the the disappointment. But what it did is it just opened my eyes to um, a whole other aspect of my writing, yeah. which uh, I spent I think the last ten years working on as well. Mm-hmm. So from twenty take it or leave it from around 2010, 2011, all the way through to now, I've been writing books. So it's been good to see that expression, you know, and, and just how your, you know, someone's writing can change. And so I think part, partly what God did was help me realize, you know, that you can change, you know, you can adapt your writing to particular, you know, genres. And in, in that time, I remember he said to me, you're more than just a writer. And, and so, so that sort of helped me unravel so much more as well. So uh, I then, you know, people say I do a lot of things, but one of the things uh, I, I say, or I say to myself, and I have a conversation with God is, look, I'm trying to express as much of who I am mm-hmm. as possible in the time I'm given. You know, so if I'm more than just a writer, then there must be more. And I just need to discover what that is and express it. And yeah, use the time that I have to try and do that. Yeah. Mm, that's that's beautiful. Mm. Um, trusting God's trusting in God's promise is not exactly no, it's not easy. It's at not all. exactly yeah. easy. Yeah. Um. So, and you don't just do the writing. You yeah. Know, you're also in business development, I believe. Yeah. And so, is there one side that you lean towards the most, and how has it been? You know, balancing those commitments. So that's a good question. So I've I've been saying to friends these days that balancing is an interesting word. I mean, both are synonymous. So balancing and harmony uh, are two words that at some point seem synonymous. And we could say from an English perspective, are synonymous. But what I found is balancing sort of implies you have to shave off from one side yeah. to add to another, mm-hmm. to create balance. You mm-hmm. know, like if you look at it from a technical viewpoint, like accounting or like scales, you're adding weight to one side so that you can balance it out. But what I found in my conversations with God is that harmony is such an interesting word because it's like you've got all these different sounds. When you think of harmony, all these different sounds, and it's not a matter of... Um, shaving off one um, to to allow another to become more prominent, but it's playing each one at the right time um, mm. to create the song. You know, so treating your life like a song like makes that. it a bit different, or like an orchestra, <laughs> wow. where it's like business could be the wind instruments, um, you know, writing could be the percussion. It's not a matter of just shutting down uh, the percussion, but hey, this is the time for percussion, so play percussion. So maybe then treating God as the conductor in my life. And he's now just saying we're going to create a song called Insecure. Mm-hmm. And that song involves different sides of me expressed at different times. It doesn't mean I've lost the other side. It just means that at this time, this is, this, this is the part of the song that's playing. And we're creating this music together. Wow. So that changes. Uh, and in the process of doing that, it's been like, what, two years of working this out mm-hmm. is in those two years now realizing what that means that sometimes like right now um, I haven't written you know I started rewriting the book Contrarian Shifts uh, a few weeks back but I hadn't touched for like three months 
Um, but I'm not feeling as bleak as I used to because I'm now thinking, oh, yes, it's music. Let's make music together with God. And so in that process, this is the time. The time is going to come where God then conducts me towards um, the book. And in that process, I'll discover new things and fresher things and allow it to come forth. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Life is a song. That yeah. has definitely shifted my perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think that balancing was just an act. And one sometimes one side is heavier than the other, yeah. and the other side is the is lighter than the, <laughs> than the other. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. interesting yeah. to to view this as all part of the song that is your life. Exactly. And it's a beautiful song. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm thinking of Ephesians. I think it's chapter two where it talks about we are the workmanship of God. Mm-hmm. And what the the term they use for workmanship there mm-hmm. is like poetry or art. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you know, like God is in the carpentry shop making this tool, but he's actually working on a piece of art, on a work of art, on a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And that is you, that is a, that is me. You know, that's that's how we're represented as you know as as workmanship, as as God's creative process. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And talking about works of arts and workmanship, do you have a creative inspiration? Is there someone or something even that inspires you creatively? It's a, so so on one hand, um, so I've got I draw inspiration from a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, it sounds cliche that yeah, God, you know, I get inspired by God, but genuinely I do. And he, he does give me ideas, you know, and sometimes I dream stuff, you know. So so that I know. So so what I think what I'm trying to remember his name, uh, Napoleon Hill talks about he talks about creative imagination. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you, you find God's inspiration comes in where it's it's almost serendipitous. It's it's like a an idea from nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. I wake up one morning and I've got this idea. So I know there's that one that side. Then on the other side, I have what you call synthetic imagination, where it's related to how I interact with people. So, okay. for instance, uh, my business partner, we we do work together, but sometimes we we make conversation in the middle of that, and in that conversation, we're exploring different themes. So he's contributed to you know ins- inspirational. He's contributed to a number of books I've written, mm-hmm. say like the shark and the Japanese fisherman was a conversation we we're having in the office and I was like, oh, that's a book uh, and that's happened before and sometimes people like James Allen, different, I'm reading other books and I find uh, what happens is I discover something in that book that could be inspirational and I also watch movies a lot, um, so I draw inspiration from different things, a lot of reading, a lot of watching and when I do, uh, you know, so say for example, I've watched Lord of the Rings more than 20 times. Um, both the short version and the extended version. Oh, and and each time, heart. <laughs> yeah. But each time I watch it is really I've read the book three times. Yeah. Is to appreciate just how someone draws um and, and takes what could be a concept, a basic concept and unravels it into this masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And so I, I watch it to appreciate that. Yeah. <clears throat> It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Um, a lot of young Christian creatives grapple with um, the balance, maybe. I can call it the balance mm. of, you know, 
honoring God with their work mm-hmm. and also wanting to tell a story. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes those can be two opposing things. They shouldn't mm-hmm. be, but they can be. And so is it possible for them to create art that honors God without necessarily it being Christian, without having mm-hmm. it to have a without having a Bible verse in it, without mm. having the word God or Jesus in it. Mm. Um, what's your perspective on that? So that's a good question. Um, on one level, there's, there's a, so, so, it's, so you, you don't want it to be like a, I think the danger is that it, you, know, you, you put your faith on one side and then you put your creative work on, mm. on another side. Uh, I, I mean, I had to go through a struggle where, I mean, that was my struggle originally. Mm. Until in a conversation with God, God said, listen, you're a Christian who writes, mm. and I want you to treat it as that. Mm. So I'm a Christian who writes, you know, uh, you know and sometimes we, we push for Christian writers to try and push Christian themes, rather than what, what this journey has taught me is that let your Christianity flow through your writing. So, so let, let, let your faith manifest mm. in the way that it does. And so I have instances where they, I've written a book where it has nothing to do with God. Um, and God's not sitting there thinking, look, dude, hey, what have you done? Yeah. But he's been with me on that journey. So mm-hmm. I've been writing business books. And as I've gone on that journey, even when I was writing films uh, or screenplays, you find you start finding places where your faith can be expressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you express your faith in the way you present yourself as well. Mm-hmm. So you're in the middle of people who are not necessarily believers. And the goal is not to enforce or, uh, or, or, or input your, your, your faith to such an extent that you're forcing it in. Mm-hmm. And the word there will be contrived. Yes. But that they see it manifest. Mm-hmm. I love the word manifest or expressed because what you're doing is it becomes more natural from the inside out versus trying to think hard about it. So that's on one level. Another level would be to talk about the whole, what's called the secular sacred divide. Uh, and going on a journey with God, you'll discover that God finds everything holy. So, you know, it's a passage in Colossians, the, I think Colossians 3, that says, you know, do all things in speech and indeed as unto the Lord. So everything you do, whether you're an accountant, so so I don't know how an accountant infuses their verses in a balance sheet, you know. So that was one of the things I, I went on a journey with God. It's like, look, it's not fair that Christian writers have to write a, a verse every time. Yeah. Yet the accountant has no responsibility to do that. Yeah. They they're not forced to uh, to you know to write now. You know, in the balancing the balance sheet and the, the writing the income statement to have a verse. You know, therefore, but a lot of what they're doing is revealed in the way they work, and so, so breaking that idea—it's actually some we call it a heresy, uh, evangelical Gnosticism. It's a big phrase that you divide the world into secular and sacred. Yet to God, He created all things, and it's all sacred to Him. It will all be returned to Him. That's why creation groans. For the manifestations of the, the manifestation of the sons of God, mm-hmm. because all will be returned to God, and despite it being corrupted now, all will be restored in some way. Even when when we talk about uh, the testing or the destruction through fire, um, you can interpret it as the earth being refined and a new earth emerging out of the elements. You know, so behold, I saw a new earth. What happened? It was tested by fire. It was shaken, as it says in Hebrews. 
and what could be shaken was passed was passed on. So a challenge for believers is to create more unshakable ideas. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is that is mm. that yeah. is deep. <laughs> that's very deep. <laughs> um, that's a lot of food for thoughts. Yeah. Um, and so what is obviously we live by the whole Bible, but yeah. is there a, a, a verse or a piece of scripture that you know you hold on to? That you know, you feel like okay, this this is my all season kind of verse. Yes. So actually, when I used to write poetry, um, I used to write it into my books. So this is where I was giving the example that mm-hmm. look, uh, I've written poetry about random things, but it's coming from a place of inspiration that God then takes me on this journey to discover myself, to discover the world. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the sadness in the world or the happiness, take your pick. Uh, so the verse is Ephesians 3 verse 20. Unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So I like the fact that it talks about imagination and it talks about our ability to conceive, conception and thought. Yeah. So that verse is really inspiration, inspirational from an artistic viewpoint. There's room to imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I take it literally and I like, God, Within your power, there's room for me to imagine, and then you'll do much more. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm. And what word of advice would you give to a young creative? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, because I guess you're calling me old. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I did not say that. I so did to, not say that. <laughs> you implied it. I did not so imply it. Do not writers. put words in my mouth. Okay, maybe to someone who is getting their starts. <laughs> right? I'm now trying to, you know. <laughs> so, uh, what I would say is actually go for it. You mm. know what I mean? Um, there's, there's more to writing than just, or more to the creative process um, than what you what you think it's about, the different ways of uncovering and discovering your creative process. Mm-hmm. And it manifests in different places in your life. So I think being open to uh, let God help you unravel all of that. And I, I think I was listening to a podcast, another podcast one time, and, and they'll talk about the big P and the small P in purpose. Mm-hmm. So big purpose or big P purpose is how you're going to change the world. Mm-hmm. Small P purpose is what you do on a day-to-day basis to out- outwork it or to live it out. Uh, so be it writing, be it drawing, do it whenever you get the chance, express mm-hmm. it, find the freedom. I think one of the things um, that, you know, sometimes an, an inconducive environment, sometimes like Zim, what it does is you, you equate uh, your expression to money, to monetary value. And sometimes there's some things that I do that have no monetary value. Mm-hmm. They're priceless in that it's room for me to discover. So, so the two things that you need to work on, one, just free expression. Two, sometimes monetizing some of that expression. Yeah. Those are two different things. Um, and so learning to uncover and discover those is, is a great thing. It's a good thing to do. Yeah. Wow. So I would just say to guys, if you're drawing, draw. If you're writing, write. You know, if it means you, you you need a day job to keep the lights on, find the day job, work on the day job. But, you know, as we learned uh, one time on Saturday that your working hours in total are 12. So you can give, you, you can give yourself four hours mm-hmm. in a day to find that free expression uh, and discover more of what you have as a gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Such a pleasure. For the words of wisdom and the gems. Thank you for taking the time out to talk Such to a us. pleasure. I enjoyed it, yeah. Thank you. So we have reached the end of the episode. And until next time, goodbye.